Oh, you jumped the gun. I jumped and it. And we're back. <laughs> Ha, live in action. We were just gabbing. Yeah, I hit the record button while we were talking off <laughs> Like air, mid-conversation. So. Ha, welcome. This is the Northern Minor Podcast. I am Matthew Keevil with my co-host. Leslie Stokes. And we are coming to you on a sunny June 2nd in Vancouver. It's actually nice out. It was terrible yesterday. Like terrible. Absolutely. The skies opened up and freaking hell rained loose. It yeah. Was ter- it was like I thought there was going to be some sort of biblical flood, which is funny. <laughs> Last night, side Matt side story to start the show. Um, I actually went to an c- outdoor concert last night. Oh, did you was, see the Cure? Uh, the Lumineers. No, oh, I saw you the saw the Lumineers? Yeah, yeah. The Cure was uh, just here last week. I think I yeah, didn't right. catch them, but they were at the same venue, which is Deer Lake Park in Burnaby. Yeah. Anyway, so I get this these tickets to this outdoor show, and literally, I looked at the weather report, and that was the only rain we're going to get for like a month. And it was just happened to fall right on oh. this day. So we're all standing there in our rain gear. If I could observe something about fans of the band, the, the Lumineers, everybody has really nice rain jackets. Like everybody was very <laughs> like, they have a good selection of, of rain material. Like Ooh. I don't know if they're all geologists or outdoorsmen or something, but outdoor men and ladies, but they all had really nice jackets. I was like, I'm standing there with my marmot. Yeah, everybody's waterproof. So anyway, yeah. Garbage bags. It's going to be gorgeous in Vancouver. We're getting up to about 27 this uh, weekend. Oh, 29. 29. Even sunshine. Yeah, so it's rocking. No clouds. Um, So yeah, so that was just a little side story. I can't believe, like, the luck, like... There's, it's not going to rain for a month, but that one night I was going to the outdoor concert. There was like <laughs> insane rain. It wasn't just raining. It was like... It was, yeah. It was, it was buckets. It was buckets. not holding itself back. Yeah. Anyway, let's go. We're here, we're here for mining, not for Matt's concert review. Just <laughs> separate podcast. Separate podcast. Um, so yeah, so let's start off as we usually do with uh, just a rundown on metals. Uh, things haven't really changed in a week, so no, it's just been yeah. Things about. are kind of muddling along. I don't know if we've hit the uh, traditional summer doldrums a little early this year or or what, but but gold still it it didn't fall or it might have briefly fallen below twelve hundred an ounce. I didn't really I did like during daily trading it might have, but I don't think it closed lower. So it's since rebounded a bit. We're at one thousand two hundred thirteen dollars an ounce. Um, so this whole Fed thing's still ongoing, like. Yeah. They don't know. The, the big meetings, the June uh, 14th and 15th, so we'll know then whether they're going to move uh, ahead with the interest rate hike this month or whether it'll probably be bumped till next month. So, yeah, so gold's f- going to flounder around probably for the next, what's today, two weeks because that's when the meeting is. So, um, And then copper, well, copper's copper, so $2.07 a pound. I feel like I could just not even look it up and be like, mm, it's probably between two oh five. Yeah, two oh five to two ten, maybe. Yeah. So anyway, um, so yeah, copper's there. Uh, oil's a big story because it's been running back up to fifty dollars. So we're at forty nine dollars and five cents a barrel. The TSX is at fourteen thousand one hundred thirty five point six two points at time in studio, and the venture is at six seventy six twenty two. So a couple things macro to watch for. Um, the uh, European Central Bank is meeting today, which is Thursday, June 2nd. So they're probably going to have some stimulus news coming out that may impact global economic uh, apparatuses and gold. Um, and then also uh, the Fed, as we said, is on June 14th and 15th. And there is some U.S. payroll data out June 3rd, Friday. So that is <laughs> markets are going to take that as like. Are they going to raise interest rates or not? So if it's if it's good, it's good. If it's, you know, the U.S. economy, actually, the most recent data I saw was pretty good. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll mm-hmm. see. Um, but yeah, so we've got a pretty exciting show this week. There won't be <laughs> there won't be any lithium. We kind of, 
exhausted that topic like you can never exhaust it's true him. it's true you can't it is an energy it's like the energizer bunny it'll <laughs> you know, just keep just going going going, and going yeah but we did have some good feedback on the lithium uh lithium stuff i think people enjoyed uh just getting into kind of the uh 101 sort of introductory stuff so it was uh well received so that was good uh the full as we mentioned uh lithium special in paper is going to be coming out next friday i think is is if i'm correct on that because i think the stories are due in by tuesday so right. so have the keep your eyes on that one that'll be coming up next week uh, we'll have a lot of cool coverage leslie's pure energy story i noticed got broken down into two separate stories i did yes. yeah so there's two separate stories on that we were talking about one mammoth <laughs> story but it got it got uh it got it, now it has twins it's something. like a chapter it's like, like two a chapter. chapters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's get into some of the people we talked to today. Some of the big news. I'll, I'll start off with sort of the headlining story today because this was uh, a big deal for Saskatchewan and the Athabasca Basin. We, we've talked about Next Gen um, and the Arrow Discovery and Rook yeah. One. Um, so there'd been uh, murmurings around the edges uh, that uh, they were working on a strategic financing deal with a, uh, a big partner and they have indeed uh, come through today uh, with the announcement um, with uh, CEF Holdings which is uh, another company out of China so we'll draw some parallels between this and the fission deal with CGN mining that happened earlier this year. Uh, NextGen's is a little different it's actually a, a debenture deal so it's not actually fission if uh, you recall was a was an equity raise for 82 million. Uh, this is a dementia deal for around 60 million. Um, so next gen, uh, just a few terms here, just so everybody has them. Dementures will carry a seven and a half percent coupon over a five year term, uh, will be convertible to, ch- uh, at the holders option into common shares, as we know, it's convertible debenture. Um, so there was a nice, uh, as these deals are always done at a premium, there was a nice little premium stock went up about 20% today. So it's trading about 250. Um, so the kind of long story short here, where this place is next gen is they now have a hundred million in capital. Mm-hmm. I believe they just finished the 35,000 meter drill program they're doing. They're moving ahead with another 700 and oh no, 7,500 meters in what they call the shoulder season, kind of between the winter and when they have to, I guess they can't really drill that much in the summer maybe. Yeah. Or, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they have uh, a ton, like a hundred million in, uh, in cash reserves. So that's kicking away. Um, and they said that this should take them through uh, probably to permitting. So you'll probably see, uh, in terms of next-gen timelines, I think there's a new resource coming out at your end, uh, and then they'll move towards economic studies and things like that. So interesting, and uh, this is like a uh, uh, the money behind this, I believe, is like a Hong Kong billionaire type. So Right. Yeah, so good for them. So the Athabasca is getting, well, that area, actually, because you got PLS and Arrow are essentially next door to each other. So... Interesting that you've got a second um, Chinese interest coming in in next gen, and you have someone next door at Fission who's also cranking out the drill holes. So I think um, I was listening to the conference call next gen had this morning, and Lee Courier, the present CEO, said they're going to have, I think, two to three or four drills running during the shoulder season, which is coming up, and then they're going to ramp it up again to another six rigs. So he said this. He said there's probably another two years of this rated drilling before they really get. Because we've talked about Arrow and how it's deep and... Yeah, and, yeah. well, the high-grade and core it, is really yeah, deep. Yeah, and it keeps stepping out and hitting more stuff. They've got this new yeah. cannon zone, uh, the 180. So they, they have a lot of work to do on it. But it's it's good to see that um, that they're now pretty much financed. So it's really, it'll be... It's funny, like, <laughs> now it's like the next... I guess you can look at, if you're an investor in next gen, 
you can look at you can actually like count out the catalysts that are coming up i mean they're, they're putting out good drill holes but at this point you know they're going to run into the same sort of uh it's like a project almost. evolution that fission ran into with yeah. pls right where everyone's like okay we've seen your drill holes like what's going to happen here right like when is this going to be a mine and they're like well it takes a while like probably 10 years <laughs> um but uh so yeah they'll be cracking out the holes but the thing that's coming up, like we said, is the resource estimate, which could materially expand. Like I've heard anywhere from, you know, uh, what's it at now? 200 million pounds, I think. Yeah, right I think now. that was around last one. And I've heard it, they could like, yeah, they could double it. Um, so, yeah, the, the whole resource right now is 3.48 million tons at 2.63% U308. So 202 million pounds. And that high grade A2 zone that we just referenced is 410,000 ounces at 13.26% U308. So that's so high grade. over 50% it's of the deposit, 120 million pounds. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how much A they can expand the high grade and then and B also the general poundage, like how big the actual thing can be. Because again, we will uh, remind everyone this is all inferred, right? So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this converts over when they start actually doing some infill. So, so that was kind of the big, uh, big headline today was that they they announced this big, uh, big partnership. Well, I wouldn't really call it a partnership, but a strategic investment from uh, a big, uh, big investment uh, group out of Hong Kong, I believe. So interesting stuff. So do check that out. I am going to be writing that up. I've got the conference call recorded i gotta go through it again it was like 40 minutes long oh god a lot of it was question and answer periods which so. is great yeah yeah exactly the but the, there was another uh getting on let's get off uranium for a sec here we do talk about uranium and lithium quite often so let's uh <laughs> leslie some people might have caught the oryx intercept that came out was it tuesday yeah may tuesday, 31st may 31st oh that's oh, wait no that's that is tuesday yeah, yeah that okay was tuesday. so you might have caught this is a emerging <laughs> discovery in mexico Okay, yeah, so Oryx. Yeah, Oryx. That's what yeah, yeah Oryx. Um, Oryx is a company here based in Vancouver, and uh, if you happen to know these guys, they're the ones that struck the deal with Agnico Eagle last year on their Barcelle project out in Sweden. Sweden, yep. Yeah, yep. and so that was uh, pretty exciting um, for them, and, and they're a group of guys that are really known to like add value to projects. Like mm -hmm. I was talking to Ben Whiting the other day, and he was like, look, our company's strategy is... We have no intention to mine. They just come in, make a bunch of discoveries, and then they look for somebody who's a little bit more appropriate to put it into production. Yeah. So cool group of guys sat down with Ben. He's lovely. Um, and the big news obviously out is on their Sandra Escobar JV with Canisil that they entered into with them just last year, late yeah, last year. This this made headlines at PDAC this year, if I recall. They, yeah. Like really like, like a, literally a day before it started or something. Oh my God. I think they blew it's, up this thing. Like, it's just crazy how fast they were able to accelerate this project. It's a silver um, stratiform hosted deposit, yep. and it's in basically a big gray rock sitting on top of another gray rock sitting on top of another gray rock. So that's why no one has ever found it. It's in like the heart of Mexico's it's wild like how much silver, silver there trend. Is in Mexico. It's, it's crazy, but yeah. for this one, no one has saw it because it's all just gray and boring. Now, of course, but is, it, is it undercover? Is that no? It, know, it daylights. Just, oh, it does yeah, daylight. it okay. totally daylights, and then it dips into a bit of a hill, but it's all shallow. And yeah, so um, they came across it and they started drilling. And of course, it made headlines in March. Yeah. And ever since then, their stock has been like jumping like crazy yeah, with every single really well. news. It's like 10 cents, 20 cents every single time these guys put out news for yeah. both Canisil and Oryx. And so the big news out this week was that um, at Sandra Escobar, 
they they they're planning. They announced that they're going to do a resource estimate. Okay, so just oh, just like a handful of months after they yeah. struck discovery drill hole, they're like, say, we're going to make a resource. I'm like, quick. that's so quick. How many <laughs> right? holes do they have in this? They thing? have like 33 holes. Huh. Maybe and it holds so, together really well. Hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> holes, holes, holes together. Yeah, holds together. So really yeah, well. and and like so they're planning on coming on a foot um on a footprint on the main zone, a resource in the main zone. The resource okay. you can probably do your own math. It's 550 meters um, at length by 200 meters and 35 meters thick and grades are roughly around like you know 200 grams silver which is not is there any byproduct or is it polymetallic or is it just pure it's silver? actually mostly a native silver and wow. that's a cool thing so it that actually is, cool. is showing that it's like heat bleachable wow. now the wild thing is like everyone's like this is the hottest pro property right now and and the cool thing is that they um put out just on monday or tuesday was that they intercepted a drill hole 350 meters west of the main zone. Yeah, which was, right? which was their original discovery area. Yes, yeah. that they're doing the resource on. Yeah. And they hit, what was it, 46 meters of 156 grams per ton. And when I was talking to Ben, I said, yeah. Ben, well, are these two areas possibly connected? You know, you basically <laughs> just doubled your resource size and one hole and he yeah. goes well they actually think it might be, it be. Yeah. because the level at which it's at with the mineralization the type of mineralization etc cetera, etc cetera, yeah. is all kind of the same and so it, was this a greenfield discovery essentially they, totally a yeah, greenfield yeah. discovery like i yeah. said it's a gray rock in the middle of nowhere no one knew it existed cool. and there's no analogs like it out there and i asked him i said well is it because there's none other and he's like no because no one has really looked for this type they've, they've just been walking over these gray rocks that's <laughs> just not sexy rocks it's I mean, not sexy looking rocks yeah. right it's not that big old gossip so that's really yeah. exciting and um yeah that's so they've got this resource they're going to start some more drilling in june are um, they pretty cashed up or did they have, oh yeah totally because yeah. they got cash coming in from magnico oh that's from payments right and yeah, stuff. they got another yeah. two million yeah. so they're sitting really pretty like i mean what's the stock prices here on these guys like um, Oryx is sitting at 70 cents. They jumped about 27, 20 cents on that news. Um, Canisil is up 32 cents. I yeah. think they were like 10 cents it's in January. It's crazy, and this market, how much you can appreciate it over a short period of time if you like, if you find something, essentially. Like, yeah. if, like uh, you know, I've, I've heard this Sell drilling drill, success. Drill, drill, drill bits are paying again, which is good because we would... Uh, like to see that so we can get more exploration dollars going, right? So yeah. it's, it's interesting. So you got like, I mean, if anyone's looked at a stock chart recently, and I'm sure anyone who listens to this show definitely has, um, it's just a little bit wild. So we've seen a few, and that's another, um, we'll, we'll stick with precious metals here. I have another deal that's, that's relatively what interesting. What do you have? Um, I don't know if, uh, people probably remember Rye Patch Gold. Um, and I had a chance to talk with Bill Howald, who is president and CEO. Interesting, Bill used to be um, the general manager of exploration in the United States and Latin America for Placer Dome. So he's got some uh, some exploration chops as far as looking for uh, for gold and precious metals in, in North America. Uh, so what Rye Patch did, uh, people, people might remember Rye Patch because they were the uh, outfit that sort of strategically staked a piece of core mining's Rochester mine when some of the claims lapsed and oh, no there was a bit there was a bit of a snafu there, there might have been some legal legal proceedings anyway so they ended up with uh net smelter returns royalty on on core's mine as part so that core could get these claims back that they whoops um so <laughs> so they have like uh they've had over the over this sort of downturn we've seen over the last three or four years right they've had this cash flow coming in so last year they made 6.1 million in income from this 
royalty that they have, which is on, I think Rochester's also on the Oriana trend, which is in Nevada. So we're talking about Pershing County here, which is a big gold. Everybody knows, like, it's one of the big gold trends in, in Nevada. So what they've done, Rye Patch already had uh, a number of projects there, and I think they had, they had over 100 square kilometers of land. Um, but they hadn't delineated too, too much. Uh, I think they had about a million ounces at their most advanced stage Lincoln Hill project. But what they've done is they bought a gold mine. So they bought this Florida Canyon gold mine. It had previously been operated, I'm not sure over how many years. It's been in apparently continuous production since 1986. But prior to this, it was operated by, uh, I think it was Jinpang, which is a group out of Japan. Okay, so this is, this, Bill was telling me this story. It's actually kind of a funny story. So this is really close to their, uh, they, have, they have three or four projects that make up this land position along the Oriana, Oriana trend. And this is really close to where they're, they're, they were working. And they happen to be like going on some site tours at this mine. And they're like, oh, this is kind of cool. Similar geology to what we have and all this stuff. And then <laughs> the Japanese group went like into receivership because inter yeah. this is the funniest part of the story he told me. So what happened was <laughs> there was like a head group in Japan and there was the guys running the mine and which was creating cash flow. And they take the cash flow and take it to Japan, whatever kind of goes over there and whatever. Um, and so they did a they did a, like a debt deal with the Japanese bank apparently. And one of the conditions on the on the deal was that they actually spend the money that they borrowed on the mine, and they decided to just randomly spend it on some other investment. So they broke the covenant <laughs> covenant of the loan deal. And, we went shopping. And 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 then it went into receivership. And Rye Patch and and Bill's team. Pick this thing up. So they picked it up for uh, 15 million in cash and 20 million shares uh, to the creditors on closing. Um, this is a fully permit operation. As we said, it's been in production for like 30 years. Um, and it's uh, currently just producing residual gold from material on the existing pads. Now, uh, Jinpang, the, the former operator, had gone ahead and permitted it a leach, heap leach extension to build a new pad and oh, sweet. mine some of the, the gold. So Rye Patch figures they can go in there and uh, they can get this thing going and, and back into material production for around t under $30 million. So they build a Ooh. new pad, refurbish some stuff. Um, and there's about eight years of, of material at about 75,000 ounces a year. So, and they think they can get into production by uh, January. So, oh. yeah. So the deal closes in July. They think they can get into production in six months. Boom, they got gold production cash flow plus their NSR. So they figured then they can just explore the heck out of the rest of the trend right because i think there's some synergies with their lincoln hill their um wilco property which is around 30 kilometers up the interstate so it's all really close like in in this trend area um so interesting yeah so they have this mine now um and in order to uh fund the development they've already got a, a commitment letter from macquarie bank for 27 million so to redevelop they've already got kind of the cash lined up to right on to develop the mine them. congrats the one thing and i asked bill this i was like the one thing that stood out to me was uh, one of the conditions on the whole deal is that they, they close a $30 million equity financing. And I said, Bill, $30 million is is your entire market cap. Yeah. Like, I mean, is there a bit of dilution going to go on here? I mean, I, last time I checked, I think they were trading at around just under 40 cents, 38 cents. And I was like, I was like, that's quite a a whack load of equity raise to do for a company without market capitalization. He said, yeah, but you know what? This is a transformational 
deal for our company because we're going to become a gold producer and they were hoping to get their Lincoln Hill thing in production by 2018, 2019. So they're hoping to stack, 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 right? And just build that production just along the Soriana trend in Nevada. So it was, a, it was a cool, interesting little deal. The the thing I found the most, inter- and so we said, don't worry. So they're going to close this financing, apparently 30 million bucks. Um, but uh, yeah, the funniest part of the story that I, I saw was the... <laughs> How the Japanese group took out a loan and they're like, yeah, you got to spend it on this gold mine. And they're like, <laughs> just went and like, what? I just want to call them and be like, what did you spend it on? Did yeah. You? <laughs> like, and what was like, I want to know what the condition of the loan was. So it was yeah. like, you must spend it on a gold project or this gold project or a precious metal project. Like, and they like went and spent it on a tire, picking up a tire <laughs> factory or like, or like. Gold go, hubs. Yeah. <laughs> gold yeah. grails. Well, let's start or a like, hotel. <laughs> It's like, you guys, we yeah. told you that loan had to be used for the gold mine. Yeah. Why did you buy a hotel? It, it, I don't know. It seemed like a good idea at the time. It's like how to break a loan covenant by yeah. these guys. So, yeah, so ways. interesting stuff. So I'd, uh, I have a digital write-up on that with a nice interview with Bill right now. I'll probably run in the paper next week. Cool little story. Um, and then, yeah, so let's, uh, let's bounce off away from precious metals because you have something on the copper side. Yes. Um, and we've all, uh, uh, everybody who's a loyal follower of the Northern Miner will be very familiar with Nautilus Minerals. Now, yes. Nautilus Minerals, <laughs> when I started in 20, late 2011, 20, uh, late 2011, was a big deal. Like, everybody was talking about this. This is the future. There was going to be robots mining the sea floor. Like, yeah. These big robots. It didn't go quite as smoothly as forecast they ran into a little bit of interim socio-political troubles and negotiations but now apparently uh they're, would it they're be? back on track five years later yeah. almost they're ready to go yeah yes that's, there we a, go. that's pretty much a great intro <laughs> yeah. yeah it was a big deal we were just like wow yeah. it's a new frontier and yeah. you know i was catching up with ceo mike johnson the yeah. other day I know mike. Yeah. and he was saying he goes you know it's just kind of like the offshore oil industry back in the 1960s it was all terrestrial and then they started going offshore and now 30 percent of the world's oil production comes from you know, offshore, offshore resources. Offshore oil, yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah. so that's kind of like his analogy that he uses. Now, I'm interested, from your geological perspective, this is interesting to me, because I would always like, it's not in rock, right? It's like in silts, or what is it? Right, there's right? two. This yeah. is the, this is the thing that I learned, because they got the Solwara. Yeah, right? the, Sol, I, yeah, the yeah. Solwara one. I'm not going to pronounce this right at all. That's okay. And they're the ones that, that that's the deposit that they want to put into production by 2018. Yeah. Everything's coming together. They've still got to actually get Do 200. No, the boat is in like a million pieces. Yeah, yeah. And okay, they're going to okay. be like putting it together like a Lego this set. It's going to be sick. Boat. This boat is so sick. I just keep thinking yeah. of Wes Anderson from oh, Life Aquatic. Yeah, it's similar. Right? Like the Belafonte and like those this. two dolphins with. That can talk to I each feel other. like we've been right <laughs> with that uh, awesome uh, acoustic French guitarist who played all the music. Oh, yeah, it's Sue, Sue George. Oh, he's awesome. He's that guy's so... rad. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, so, so I feel like I've been hearing about this boat for like four years. Yeah, and it's actually coming together. Um, they've got a lot of the equipment has already arrived and they're bringing it over to Omen. Nice. And they're starting some wet testing, and that's all good and done. But they do, of course, need to get like, I think, another $230 million to complete. Is now, is everything. the. PN is it PNG? It's in PNG. The but is, are the, is the government on is pitching in more cash? 
Oh, I'm not too sure about that. I have to look into it. Because the the agreement is is a bit fluid over there. Yeah, and they're they're in negotiations, and all he said is that they're talking to different um, banks and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be looking at that, but he sounds like everything's en route for production 2018, so they're going to be like going out to the mine site in their big vessel. Um, That would be the coolest site visit. Coolest site visit ever. Yeah, that you know, would be the I'm best. not gonna lie, Matt. I actually wrote um, John Elliott, the, the one of the guys I'm talking to. Yeah, and I was like, John, is there like anywhere I can get one of these like little nodules? Um, <laughs> and so anyway, like okay, so just to backtrack for a second, the Solara is a is a living volcanogenic yeah. massive sulfide deposit. Yeah. So yeah. it's like two day. It's forming. It's a sea mound. Um, you know, volcanism coming out and depositing this in stratiform. That's so- Solara one. Yeah. Now they just recently upgraded their Clarion Clipperton Fracture Zone okay. project. Um, now with a resource, and that's in a totally different deposit altogether. And when I looked into it, so rad. Did you know that I don't on the I bottom of the seafloor, yeah. kind of 2,000 kilometers off the coast of Mexico, yeah. there's this huge swath of land bounded between two fracture zones, which is the Clarion and Clipperton. Yeah. And it's about like, you know, seven, 800 meters wide and four, 45,000 kilometers long. Or yeah. sorry, four, 40, yeah. 4,500 kilometers long. It's just this big honking thing. And it's littered with like these giant nodules of massive sulfides. Really? Yeah. Is this another volcanic event? No, it precipitates directly out of seawater. That's wild. Oh, I've heard about this. I've heard about this. So yeah, it precipitates directly out of seawater. It it attaches onto little shark's teeth and it just grows at a rate of one to 10 millimeters every thousand years. So it's organic metal. It's organic metal. Wow. Yes. And that that's what I asked John. I was like, John, can I have one of these? Yeah. <laughs> They're about ten centimeters in general yeah, in size. Yeah, yeah. So um yeah, and they've just been there scattered all across that whole area. Now Nautilus has a bunch of different exploration areas within it, and that's where the resource comes from. Okay. And it's about twenty seven thousand square kilometers. So it's just wow. a small it's actually a small portion of that much larger CCZ zone. So they use sort of like a, a similar technology to Harvard like a they they just can the you robot, it's like the... a free fall it's a free fall like box trap. They yeah. just drop it from the ocean and this slams into the base oh. and just goes It's like a big It's like a uh, shovel and it yeah, comes back yeah, yeah. up. Yeah, it's like a digger. Yeah. And then they count they count the different ones and they get the abundance and then the densities and then they grade it. That's wild. And yeah. Yeah. So, so it's a completely different asset than the solar. It's a totally thing. different asset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I cover the, mostly solar back when I was doing yeah. uh, doing articles on that stuff. But I remember for a long time we read about the socio political stuff. So it was good to see I remember the last time I talked to them they were running tests with the robots. Right. Yeah, they well they've got all the they've got the equipment and stuff. The deep sea robots. It's basically they're for Solara they're going to they're gonna send yeah, they have got three different uh robots down yeah, below and yeah, there's yeah. one that's just like hacks it like cold miners. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. hacking it away and, and chewing it up and then it goes up a slurry pipe yeah. for now the difference too, the key oh the key difference between these two projects though, yeah. which kind of concerns me is Solara is sixteen hundred um meters below surface, right? Yeah. Now the uh, CCZ zone is 5,000 meters. Oh, wow. So big, big difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still doable. There was like some pilot trials back in the day, mm-hmm. like in the 60s and stuff that mined it successfully. Yeah. Um, but I've, I haven't seen those numbers. So. Oh, so people have tried this before. Oh, yeah. People, they've, they've known that these they've, things occur these since like 1860. Wow. Yeah, and I they, know. They fall off shark's melts. They, they fall. <laughs> Is that what you said? Or? Yeah, it's like the basically hairballs of, of, <gasps> of the of the shark. 
to these massive sulfide hairballs. I'm going to rewrite science. I think this is well, Why wouldn't we yeah. start a company that just had the sharks? <laughs> and then they just pre-producing metal. And have them like a with... shark metal farm. That, oh, man, the PETA people would just come after me so bad for that. Do you have these sharks locked up and you're harvesting their hairballs? Like, yes, for the metal. Oh, I love this. I just, I just keep going back to the image of Wes Anderson's um, yeah. Elefante and those oh, dolphins. Um, but yeah, so that's that's their story. So it's kind of interesting. I'm going to have that out um, today. I should get it done. Nice. Yeah, and um, nothing else too much to note there. They so. are they so they're in negotiations for the money. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I don't know exactly what they're gonna do, but yeah, that's always the uh, the underlying question about. Burn, burn, burn. Always remember, yeah, because that's I a think, fairly capital intensive project. I think the cool thing is, though, yeah, they, they expected it'll cost like three hundred and eighty million dollars. That was their initial cost estimate. Well, I mean, if you think about the on a relative scale of copper projects, I guess that's not. It's it's, it's interesting. I don't know because yeah, it doesn't have yeah. a feasibility study. It doesn't have a PEA study. Really, they just so it's kind of. But at the same time, it's like this is history, guys. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you can mine something from the seafloor, then why why not? If you can do it environmentally responsibly, then best kind. Like best time, You know yeah. why why yeah. do something that's like 0.3 percent versus <laughs> exactly something. now? Mind you, the the grades are uh, not. Uh, yeah, it's it's all different. I actually don't have those numbers on me right now, but yeah, I would imagine there's a bit of grade variance going on on the bottom of the ocean with a volcano. Yeah, yeah. I know. He said, "Oh, the yeah. cool story is that he told me as well is like they have to set up all these like sonar um, recording for environmental surveys and yeah. stuff at the bottom yeah. just to see how noisy." And he's like, "Leslie, it's so noisy at the bottom of the ocean. It's crazy." <laughs> he says it was a volcanic activity they recorded for three months. Yeah, and that from the recording studio, like from recording studio, from their podcast studio <laughs> at the bottom of the ocean floor. Um, it was like kilometers away from the volcanic source and it was reading like twice the size wow. twi twice as loud as a, yeah, I, as I, a push I, mower he calls it because he's kiwi yeah. <laughs> and I was just like ha ha llama <laughs> but yeah and it was, he said it was going on for three months it's extremely loud beneath the ocean really well the sound carries I guess right? sound carries yeah. 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 yeah yeah anyway and volcanoes are going off all the time it's rad oh that sounds rad so I'm rad we see if we can get a site visit down there I want to go on there Boat. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let's. Uh, okay, that's that. That's the cool Nautilus. Let's do. Uh, let's do hashtag Twitter. Ooh. And see yeah. what's going on. Oh wait, on should the... we do our chocolate bars first? Oh yes, let's do the chocolate. So Leslie had some contraband illegally imported from Indonesia. Indonesia. I don't think you had an import license for these chocolate mm. bars. She also <laughs> warned me prior to us trying them that there could be ants in them. And my immediate question was. Were those ants put there on purpose? Because I was like... <laughs> he actually thought that that was Well, like, okay. it's a chocolate bar from, from Bali. And I mean, I, a lot of the world eats ants. Or not ants, but bugs. They're, yeah, they're true. very high in protein and they're sustainable. And The thing is with these bars is you never really know what you're going to get. Now, this is a big deal for me. Everyone who's listening bang, right bang. now... These are called Bang Bangs. Um, they're like a crispy wafer chocolate bar. They're about 10 cents each. They're about the size of my palm. And seriously, it's like this the size is, of my this heart. This is moderately terrifying. I'm this is the lie. best thing on the planet. I haven't had one in two years. I used to live in Indonesia for years. This is what I ate every day. It does day. rather, rather, rather uh, promisingly, it does have an expiration date of January 27th. That's a good sign. But it doesn't matter though. You Very, never know until you open it. Because I, if it's white, then it's been melted. If there's ants in it, it's been contaminated. What do we, oh, I got a black one. Mine's black. I, mine's I looking Mine, real good. Mine's looking to switch us back here. There's no answer. Here. Oh my know. god, it smells so good. Oh, it smells. You know what it smells like? Um, what the heck's that chocolate bar? Uh, I can't oh, even no. keep myself. It's not a Wonder Bar. Uh, oh, bang, I don't bang, know. If there's I peanut butter you. involved in this, is there not? No, there's not. 
Just give it a go, Matt. All Just right. jump in. All ready? right, here we go. Oh my god, I'm in heaven. It's not that bad. It um. Oh, Bang Bangs, I love you. This is the first Bang Bang I've I'm had a, in two years. I'm a fan of the. Um, oh my god. The salty aspect to it. It's like, yeah, it's true. It's a little salty. Salty caramel. Salty caramel. It's good. It's my first Indonesian But you know what? Bar. It's probably not salt. It's probably just preservatives because they are sitting in <laughs> warungs in like 30 Let's see if we can see if weather. we can get a list of ingredients here. <laughs> nope. No, no. <laughs> Wafer dangan. Oh, no, no. There's some in the back. Is there a delicious chocolate bang Oh, my God. It's so good. Delicious chocolate bang bang. How many of these did you get? I got five. Five of them. But I have my friend. My, I have a friend down near Batu Hijau Mine. So yeah, it's mine. Yeah, yeah. Down there right now, and I told him bring me back a box. They're like um, Twix, kind of. Maybe Twixy. Yeah, it's like a Twix. If you're at a Twix bar, it's like a Twix bar merged with. What the heck is that? I don't know. I don't have ants in it though, which is like really good. <laughs> I'd still eat it even if it had ants. I, I told yeah, high protein. Can't can't miss on that. <laughs> I I've I've had grasshoppers and I've had um, grubs before. Ooh. Yeah, it was. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Bang bang section. Bang bangs. There you. I rec If you're ever uh, if you're ever in Bali and you see some bang bangs. Bring them back for Leslie. Bring them back for Leslie. Give them a try. The hazelnut ones are great. <laughs> Don't too. eat the white ones and watch. Don't eat the white ones and the ants. ants. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> Oh my God, and that's so our uh, little segue into trying. Maybe we'll start having like a international chocolate tasting day every hey, so often. Hey, I vote. I yeah, vote yes. we'll get some, next. We'll get in some some spicy uh, Latin American chocolate or something. All right. So <laughs> moving on with the hashtag Twitter. Hashtag Twitter. Uh, so there's a few different ones. We got to start off with a PDAC tweet. We love our friends with PDAC. Um, this isn't great news, but it's not to be unexpected. So. Um, uh, Arcelor, ArcelorMittal, which is the world's largest steelmaker, as we all know, um, is suspending a major expansion of its Montrite iron ore mine in northern Quebec due to poor market conditions. Uh, this was announced Thursday. I believe Selma's going to write it up in uh, some detail for us here coming up for the next issue. Um, but uh, the company employs around 2,500 workers at the mine um, and informed the United Steelworkers Union that it will not start an expansion work in June, which would have extended the mine's life by 15 years to 2045. Mm. Your typical iron ore deposit, just giant in there and buy it forever probably like that's what i was like i always thought everybody like oh iron ore it's everywhere right like if you, it's not gonna run out of this stuff so let's talk about iron ore for a second iron <laughs> i was like because iron ore has been underreported i feel a little bit just because it's been so such a t tough tough slog for for the iron ore companies um but well just just so everybody knows let's let's look at the actual prices here because uh, iron ore is a little bit d tricky to keep track of um, so Northern China benchmark iron ore prices are about $47.90 per dry metric ton. Um, so that's that's just in comparison with um, in November 2009, they were $100. So they've since just dropped super bad. Um, and then uh, the year before, they were $135. So, mm. so that's just what a little bit of iron ore is getting a bit punished. And also we know that a lot of Rio and BHP really dominate the production profile because they have those just freaking insanely large um operations in Aust western australia 
But yeah, so that's that's our update on Iron Ore. Well, we should probably we'll sell this covering. We should, we'll hopefully we'll get a bit more in, insight on Iron Ore. We haven't covered it a lot. It's been a little bit of, one of those commodities. It's been a bit quiet. Yeah. Um, so, uh, oh wait, I have a uh, lithium tweet. We are going to talk a little lithium here. Um, so I have uh, this is from uh, Simon Moore, our friend at Benchmark Minerals, who we uh, talk about occasionally. Good guy to keep track of lithium carbonate and hydroxide prices as well as general international market trends. Um, but uh, <laughs> So we talked about Galaxy, right? You you'd look into Galaxy. Yeah, the um, ASX so listed. Did you hear about they just take took over uh, another lithium company? Oh, I didn't so see that. So Galaxy, this is I, I phoned them. I tried to get them to talk to me, but they're only ASX listed, so it, it can be a little bit touch and go sometimes if you don't have the. The t- Toronto listing. I'm going to have some more of my bang bang. Yeah, I know. You're just holding onto that bang bang in your hand, and I was just but about to jump anyway. over my desk. And... Ooh, I shouldn't speak with my mouth open. <laughs> um, this, is really, this is really chewy. Just do it. It's really chewy. Embrace it. Embrace it. Um, just go with it. So, Galaxy Resources, which is an emerging player in the lithium sector out of Australia. They actually have a project in James Bay, so they have a project in Canada. Oh, they also have the project in Argentina That's as well. correct, yeah. And so they... Um, they picked up General Mining, which is uh, one of their JV partners. So they paid about um, Australian two hundred sixteen million, so one hundred fifty five million. Um, so General Mining was seeking to be in exports of the lithium bearing mineral spodumen from Western Australia's Mount Catlin project as soon as July. So near term production. So there totally, you go. Totally, yeah. yeah. You can see in Galaxy, I think has their Argentina things close to hitting production too. I think I'm not too sure about the James Bay thing, but I think they're also so. Um, Galaxy is one of those. I mean, it's not traded on the TSX, so you need a little Australian it's, it's, marker. I think it's called like the lar- the world's largest undeveloped brine yeah. lithium brine resource in Argentina. So as we we follow the large Atacama, I can't, I can't Atacama. maybe yeah yeah yeah. Um, but so yeah, just as we follow lithium along, that was a, a, a non um, TSX listed deal. That's kind of a big one for cool for developers. Who did and they miners. take out? Sorry, uh, General Mining. General. Oh, they did yeah. General Mining, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, was that makes sense. Sort of. They've all been in the same rat race. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what the thing we talk about with lithium is like first cross the f- first past the post yeah. type thing, right? So, cool. Right on. Yeah. So, uh, and then we'll finish off with another sort of. We talk about poor coal sometimes. The coal oh, conference. Is the coal up conference is coming up. Coal June Association 8th. Canada, we love you. So Yay. we're doing that. I, I can't remember the exact dates on it. What is June eighth to tenth. Eighth to tenth. So that's next week. Yes. So um. So yeah, coal. Con- but anyways, this is a coal update. So. Low coal prices forced Glencore to shut Australia's Tamor mine. Um, the company has told approximately 350 employees that the mine, which had been operating since 1979, wow. and generated over 2.1 million tons of met coal last year, will be closed early in 2019 rather than have its life extended. So we've talked a little bit about coal. It's not looking super hot for thermal coal, but we thought met had a little bit of a, uh, I'd say, a okay had first a fighting quarter. fighting chance. Yeah, Tech did okay on, on their met coal division during the first quarter. So... So yeah, so Glencore is closing a big mine. So we'll see if that has any impact that on should, supply. Yeah, um, that'll have that's an interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely we'll probably have some coal stories coming down the pike because of the conference. So uh, yeah, look for some coal stuff. Uh, we'll we'll be doing some coverage next week, um, live from the floor of the Canadian Coal Association. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Off the top of my head. All right. Oh, whoa, so, very new fee of you. <laughs> Off top of my head. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. So thank you yeah. so much for joining us. We do appreciate it. Please do uh, head over to our website, hit that subscribe button because we do appreciate it as well. Really Tweet cheap. us, like us, 
Keep going for it. Um, and that has been the Northern Miner Podcast. I am Matthew Keeble. I'm Leslie Stokes. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.